fighting for freedom every day. Republicans right now, the conservatives, which unfortunately, this is what we have to do every time, even after a vote where people are sick and tired of the establishment, they're sick and tired of the squeezy, middle-of-the-road, squishy kind of Republican rhinos, and we vote conservatives in, then we have to fight tooth and nail in D.C. to actually be heard within the Republican Party. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. What's up? Welcome into it. It is The Voice of Reason. It's a Monday. Another great day in paradise for sure. We're going to carpe diem all over this place, and we are into the final home stretch here of 2023. Can you imagine it? One week away from Christmas, two weeks away from the new year as we are officially on the final business operating day of uh, of the final business operating monday of 2023 just put that into the pipe and let it serenade for a little bit man how the time flies right on by so welcome into the program we have a lot to talk about today obviously there's nothing to talk about anymore right congress has left the building they are out of washington dc they're back home in their own districts and they are doing their own thing so there's nothing to talk about right no issues going on (laughs) it is kind of mind-boggling to me that they've all taken vacation which means congress is essentially shut down with some unfinished business we'll talk about that in just a minute and with that meaning that half of the government really has left which means the government has essentially shut down and yet the world has not ended i find that very troubling ladies and gentlemen i don't know how i don't know how we're surviving right now I don't know how we're surviving right now with the Congress that's not in office doing their jobs every day, saving us from the scariness of the world each and every day. So, man, I don't know how we survive. So we will take it day by day. Which, speaking of, I don't know if you saw, I made a post of it on social media on Friday. There was a lot of rave rave, uh, last week, really, a whole conversation about Barack Obama's new movie on Netflix called Leave the World Behind. And uh, obviously he was an executive producer, him and his wife, Michelle. They had gave their input on what it would look like during a cyber attack in the nation and how that would unfold. And the theory is, the story goes, is that they, they contributed by giving some deep government intel on what that would look like and the scenarios the government has on hand in preparation or anticipation of a scenario like a cyber attack that was handed off to the producers of this uh, movie that they said that they were scared beyond belief when they saw some of this and tried to integrate that into the film as the Obamas were somewhat or heavily or we don't know how much involved in this actual film. I watched it. I watched the movie and I gave my input on it on the national show over the weekend. If you missed that, you can find our podcast at The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. I gave my input on that after watching the film. But what really intrigued me was that after I had watched it, not this past weekend, like a couple days ago, but the prior weekend, I watched it. I didn't I didn't talk about it on the radio. It really wasn't worth mentioning. Other talk shows had mentioned it, but it was an interesting film nonetheless. But, of course, it got the wheels turning for so many people to try and do the countdown on when this would actually happen. And they're sending us a message, and this is the telltale sign that this is what's going to happen. And I I don't like to jump down those rabbit holes of fear and paranoia because so many people are so quick and easy to jump down that road of fear and paranoia that, look, maybe it'll happen. And if it does, then I'll be ready. I don't care. I got some food. I got some water. I need a vacation anyway, so just let's make it happen. I'm, I'm waiting. Stop teasing me with the end-of-the-world apocalypse uh, predictions that we have in the world. I, if it's going to happen, let it happen. Just let it go, man. But it hasn't. The weird part was, and why I really got frustrated with the whole thing, was that after I had watched it, I had seen a post on social media about a new QAnon site. Now, I know. I know. The QAnon some people like it. I will say that maybe they had a good message of 
having corrupt government officials in D.C. doing sketchy things for a long time. I can see that argument at the beginning. Then it turned into something really ridiculous, making all these predictions of how society was going to collapse and unfold before our eyes. And none of them, none of these predictions have come to fruition at all. So I've kind of laughed at it. But there was a new, apparently a new QAnon website that had popped up last week with a countdown directly after the Barack Obama movie was released saying when phase one of the blackouts would begin in the nation. And that timer, ladies and gentlemen, was going to come up uh, on 9 p.m. Central Time on Friday night this past week. I know. Now, did it happen? No? Okay. I was making sure. Maybe I missed something. I mean, I am broadcasting on the radio right now that uses a lot of internet to make that happen. So uh, apparently the power is still on. The internet is still on. We are still able to communicate with each other, at least for now. But the QAnon site that was there at least had done this countdown showing that it was going to end at 9 p.m. or like 9.05 Central Time Friday night. So I had to post about it on social media and it didn't happen. So we're still here. But what I will say is that Congress is no longer there. And that means that something could happen. The world could end right now because government's not there to save us from the bad guys. So, oh, man, we'll have some fun with that throughout the show. Drew Thomas Allen, he'll be joining us on the program today. It's been a while since we've chatted with him. His new book is out. We'll talk about current events, the recapping of this session in Washington, D.C., and the reconvening of Congress coming up in January and what's on the slate for them because they wrapped up in a bit of a tizzy with Republicans out, man. The House, see ya. Feliz Navidad, baby. We're gone. They didn't want to address any more issues. They said that they would handle Ukrainian funding when they came back. And God bless Mike Johnson. God bless the Republican caucus. For the very first time since I have seen in a very long time, if ever, did they actually stand their ground and say, no, we're not going to pass Ukrainian funding just because Democrats think we need it right now with the Fast and Furious. No, you're not going to get just a blank check to pass Ukrainian funding unless we actually get border security measures intact as well. And now the Democrats are losing their absolute minds and they're advocating for the Biden administration to do something uh, with what they can. Apparently, they're going to do a little bit according to, where is this? See if I can find it. There's a few different things I have open. Uh, According to the White House, oh, here it is. They're planning on one more aid package that the White House can appropriate without congressional approval. After that, they're done. They have nothing else. So they have to have Congress act. And the Senate tried to stick around a little bit longer. And the tide is turning now. And the Democrats are starting to see the infighting like they've never seen before. Why? Because Chuck Schumer and John Fetterman, ironically, which is kind of strange, they're two of the main ones that are saying, hey, we have to have Ukrainian funding. Republicans won't pass it because they're evil, horrible. They're trying to tie in completely uh, irrelevant issue into this, which is what we do all the time, but they're not allowed to do that. But they're doing it, so we have to do something on immigration. And because they're starting to address it, the rest of the Democrat caucus is losing their minds. How dare you become fascists and Nazis like the Republicans? How dare you take a fascist, racist, anti-immigrant stance by allowing any type of border security policy passed that Republicans want, like the H.R. 2 bill under the Trump administration. How dare you even consider something like this? You should be able to pass it without that. And now the Democrat caucus is in turmoil as they leave, advocating for the Biden administration to do what they can. Uh, To the extent that they've taken up the rhetoric of against Republicans and especially Donald Trump to an entirely new level, talking about a rally that Donald Trump held over the weekend in New Hampshire where he said this. They're poisoning the blood of our country. That's what they've done. They poison mental institutions and prisons all over the world, not just in South America, not just the three or four countries that we think about, but all over the world they're coming into our 
country, from Africa, from Asia, all over the world. They're pouring into our country. All right, so the, that, that audio from CNN, that was the clip that CNN played. Now, they didn't obviously put things into context. They didn't put it into perspective on what he's talking about. Uh, every immigrant is a uh, infecting blood. What did he say at the very beginning? Is, uh, is a, They're poisoning the blood. Uh, of poisoning our- the blood. Yeah, they're poisoning the blood. Every immigrant is poisoning the blood of Americans here. They didn't talk about it in context like they usually don't. The same time they tried to play him saying that every immigrant over here and coming over here across the border is trying to break the law and causing crimes and raping individuals and committing violent crimes. When that's not the case, he was talking about gang members like MS-13. But they cut that part out and only played the clip where he talked about just, in general, people committing crimes. Coming over and committing crimes and how these nations are sending us the worst of their people, yada, yada, yada. So, of course, they they do the typical CNN thing. But they take up the rhetoric to an entirely new level here where they have on a quote-unquote historical fascist expert that's written a book about Hitler and Mussolini and all these other people relating Donald Trump to that and saying this on CNN over the weekend. This is, you know, this is fascist rhetoric. Uh, the worries about polluting the blood of the superior race uh, go as a standard <laughs> of Nazism. It's not just the Nazis. It's also fascists in Italy. Uh, Mussolini literally talked about killing rats to go back to Trump's use of vermin in an earlier speech. He talked about killing rats who would bring in uh, infectious diseases diseases and communism into Italy. So, you know, this is fascist rhetoric and he's using it for a very precise purpose. But we also want to, you know, ask why he's using it now so often. And unfortunately, the Trump campaigns made it very clear what they want to do to immigrants, you know, mass deportations, mass detentions, likely abuses and violence uh, in those operations. And, you know, dehumanizing immigrants, which is what this language does, is a way to get Americans prepared now to, to accept these repressions later on. That's what's so terrible. Mm. And that's also another thing that's so fascist about this. It's so fascist, very fascist with what he says. He's a very fascist individual that limited the size of government, which is the opposite of what fascism is. Very fascist type of individual trying to set the tone and just create that first level of division to start hating on people by calling them vermin, calling them uh, the criminals and talking about how evil they are and how they're infecting the blood of Americans because uh, the purest race. We didn't say anything about race. We're talking about the nation as a whole and just corrupting the nation and our culture as a whole of every type of race. No, 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 no. It's the white race of America that's running it. I mean, this is she uses a lot of big words trying to sound really smart. But is she? Must be very proud of yourself with uh, your commentary there in the book that you wrote that no one probably bought because they didn't see it with it being promoted on something like CNN. This is the rhetoric that's being talked about now. And they are using now their own rhetoric against their own side with Chuck Schumer and John Fetterman and the other Democrats who are now open to having a conversation about the border because Republicans finally stood their ground and said, no, we will not pass Ukrainian funding unless you pass the southern border issues that we want. And these are our list of what we need. And it's nothing radical. It's if we find somebody illegal, we'll deport them. 
It's let's not widen the, the gate. Let's make sure that we actually do screenings before we actually bring people in. It's if you're a refugee, you can't go halfway around the world. You actually have to follow refugee status, which is just going to the neighboring country next to you in order to get away from the current situation. Those are the international rules of refugees, and that's not what's being done right now here in the United States when we see the mass border crossings at our southern border. That's all we're trying to advocate for. Common sense. And to them, that's racist, that's Naziistic, that's fascist, and they're using their own terminology against themselves. And I would like to remind you, while we see some Republicans saying that there's no difference between Kevin McCarthy and Mike Johnson, a Speaker of the House, there's no difference. He's not doing anything. He did the same thing. He extended a continuing resolution. He's not getting anything done. We're coming up and we have three weeks when we come back to try and finish up the appropriations bills and finish this funding and finish that funding. He's not getting anything done. I would like to remind you that for the first time ever since I've followed politics that we actually have now a Speaker that has stood his ground and said, no, we're heading out. See Sayonara. Feliz Navidad. Happy holidays. We're going home because you guys didn't fund the border, and therefore we're not going to pass you Ukrainian funding. They stood their ground for the first time. And for the first time since I followed politics, now again, I'm a millennial. I haven't seen as many years as some of you have. But as a millennial, and the first time that I've seen this, for the first time am I seeing Democrats truly come to the table with real negotiations, not just get on board with what we want, we'll throw you a bone of something that sounds nice but doesn't really do anything, you come on board and sign it, and we'll just pass everything that we want. No, they're getting to the point where now Democrats who have never had to do this are now having to decide, do they work with Republicans to get what they want, or do they throw the temper tantrum and play the victim in society? And the younger members of Congress that are the Democrats, my generation ones that have always gotten everything they wanted as these spoiled brat children, they don't know how to come to that table and have that conversation, so they're playing the victim and casting out their own side. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, it is. Welcome back into it. 24 minutes past the hour. Radio, TV, live streaming, and podcasting. However you check us out. There is a new poll out that was shared by Fox News from Monmouth University polls, which is one of the big ones. Which, by the way, speaking of Fox News, I have to give a shout out to my home base here. My flagship station, Wichita's Big Talker, KQAM, that hosts me every day on the program uh, here as uh, we broadcast out of the great studios here in Wichita, Kansas, each and every day for the weekday program and, of course, my local show that we have here. Uh, the listeners here in the Wichita area where I've grown for since 2015, just here in total with the company that I work for uh, for near 10, 11 years now, it's wild to see how awesome that we have for listenership and support here in the home front and in the local area. We love you guys. We had an event that was actually this weekend where the number three talk radio host in the country, most people may know him, Brian Kilmeade of Fox News Radio, he came to town. We had a big promotion here for the local station with his book tour, his Teddy and Booker T book tour. A lot of people turned out. It was a wonderful event. It was fantastic. We loved it. It was really great. Uh, I, I'd say that because... 
I love seeing a lot of the conservative push from Fox News because there has been some changes with the Fox network overall where things have not been as conservative as some would like. As Obviously, as you know, the big scandal with Tucker Carlson going out and then them moving things around and uh, how they've tried to re, uh, redefine themselves a little bit. There are still some great ones. And Brian Kilmeade is one where regardless of his politics, what I know maybe a little bit more soft or at least a little bit more moderate than than others. He is a history buff and a history guru, which is absolutely amazing. And when I had a chance to chat with him over the weekend while he was here, we sat down with him for a few minutes and I asked him about the political experts that have followed trends in politics for years on and decades and watched the politics unfold and make predictions on candidates and how they're going to portray to the populace and how they're going to reach certain crowds and so on and so forth. And really, since Donald Trump, that entire mindset's gone out. You can't predict what Donald Trump's going to do, which has led to uncertainty in just the political environment in general. And he agreed. He's like, I, I, people just don't know. People don't know what to do right now. Donald Trump threw that wrench in the system. We hope to get back on track here soon, but we don't know. I think it's a good thing, personally. I like it. For example, there's a push now that says if Mike if Mike Johnson, Speaker of the House, does not get the funding needed, if he does not get the appropriations bills done in a timely manner, because January 19th, I believe, is the phase one ending of the continuing resolution, and then the early February 3rd, February 5th, something like that, February 8th, is the ending of phase two of the, the bill, the continuing resolution. And if they don't have that in time, then there's going to be some tiered steps thereafter for it to extend to some degree. I kind of like the process that it's set up right now, but there's a push from many conservatives saying that if he doesn't get on track and get it all done in the two months you've been in office, then we're going to oust you, which I, I scratch my head at. He's only been in office for how long as Speaker of the House? And I would like to read you that shared from Fox News in our Mammoth University poll, the least popular elected members of Congress right now that includes uh, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell... With saying 60% of individuals disapprove of him, 34% had no opinion, with very only 6% of people saying that they actually approve of his performance. Six! Six! 60% saying they disapprove. Which is pretty wild to see. Uh, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer had a 21% approval rating. 41% saying they disapprove, with 38% saying they have no uh, opinion on him whatsoever. Here's the kicker. Mike Johnson, new Speaker of the House. A 31% disapproving and 17% approval rating. Meaning outside of Chuck Schumer, Mike Johnson, especially on the Republican side, is one of the most uh, most liked individuals in Congress right now. And why is that? Why would it now 17%, 17%, he's right on average with really like the entire Congress, which is at like 11% approval right now, but well above Mitch McConnell, that's at 6% right now, and just slightly under Chuck Schumer that's being held because obviously it's going to have a Democrat slant to it because it's a poll. Mike Johnson's one of the most approved of members of Congress right now. Why is that? Well, what we just mentioned in the last segment, him standing his ground, doing what he said he's going to do. Why is that a bad thing? Why would we even consider ousting him from the conservative side of the aisle? It makes this no sense is to me. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. When Reason meets radio, this is The Voice of Reason. With Andy Hoosier. Yes, it is. Welcome back into it. 35 minutes past the hour. Radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting, however you watch or listen to the show. So wonderful to have you with us here. 
on a Monday, the final business Monday of 2023. Next week is Christmas Day, is seven days from now, which I feel bad. I have not wrapped my presents yet. I'll just be honest. I have not decorated yet. I've decorated. I haven't wrapped my presents yet, so I still got to get those tr- presents under the tree. The following Monday will be January 1st, another holiday, and will be the kickoff of 2024. Hard to believe that we are officially there. Uh, We're going to start doing our year-end review stuff and talking about what craziness that we saw this year and what to expect coming up in year number 2024. If that's the way you want to look at it. Uh, We'll get Drew Thomas on the program. He's a little bit late. We are working on getting connected with him. Not a big deal there. As we go into the year, as I've mentioned, not only do we have a major congressional session coming up in January because they did leave some stuff on the table with Ukrainian funding, continuing resolutions, they have a lot of bills they have to address. The Farm Bill of 2024 is extended. It was supposed to be as of September of this year. That didn't happen. That's going to be next year now. What, four more, I want to say? Three more appropriations bills? On Friday, Thursday or Friday, they passed the National Defense Authorization Act for the military. And we talked a little bit about it, but there was some conversation on whether Republicans had caved on that issue because of not actually addressing some of the wokeness going on within the military with that issue, which I get at the same time. Right now, we still see some high approval rating for Republicans, and we still have a lot of trust and faith right now in Mike Johnson as the new Speaker of the House. Why in the world would we continue to push to oust Mike Johnson after less than a couple of months in office and in a time to where you can't, over, I guess, steer the country away from the cliff? We're already over the cliff. We're just trying to mitigate the damage right now. That's where we're at. And we got if you get thrown into a major situation like that, you need some time to actually make it happen. I will be the first to say, and this may be very triggering for some, but I will be the first to say that I'm totally okay this time, for the first time ever, if they don't actually get the entire federal budget done by the allotted time at the end of the continuing resolution. Now, that's not to say I don't want it to be done. Because I do. I absolutely absolutely want the federal budget to be done in an appropriate manner. Absolutely. We're ready for it. But if they don't, here's the thing. The government's not going to shut down this time. The way they propose this continuing resolution, again, something different from Mike Johnson, which is why we need to give this guy a chance to really start making some differences here in the long term and get ready for the elections in 2024. Which, let's just be honest, if we get rid of our leader again and try and oust him Eight months in before an election time, that would be disastrous for the Republican Party. The Democrats are shooting themselves in the foot right now, and we'll get into that in a second. If we are just trying to challenge them to the race to the bottom of the barrel right now, then it's game over. No matter what the Democrats do, no matter how many sex scandals they have of people trying to film adult videos in new conference halls in Congress, no matter matter what they do, we will never be able to win another election because of how ridiculous we are just trying, openly, willingly trying to sabotage ourselves as the Republican Party. Let's give ourselves a chance here. For those that don't know this new continuing resolution, If we run dry and we don't, let's say we don't get the appropriation bills done, we don't pass an actual federal budget because we have a lot to do and we have three weeks to do it. We have three, three or four more appropriations bills. Then we have to haggle with the Senate because the Senate does not like our appropriation bills that we have passed. The eight eight out of the nine they they don't like. So they're trying to push back on those. Nope, you're not going to cut that much money out of the appropriations. Nope, you're not going to cut this much money out of the agency or or the office. Nope, you're not going to cut that much money. Joe Biden already said that he was willing to veto these bills, which means we have a long job ahead of us for these as well. But the leverage is on our side. 
We get to dominate for the first time, like I said before, ever. We get to dominate the conversation. Fine, if you don't want to pass these bills, what's going to happen? The government's not shutting down this time. The way they crafted this continuing resolution is if they do not pass the federal budget in the appropriate amount of time, normally we go into a government shutdown. The media has a hysterical day. The Democrats go on TV and talk about how Republicans are willing to uh, not willing to compromise, not willing to work with us, how it's all their fault. People aren't going to get their Social Security checks. People are going to die in the street. That's what we hear all the time, that everybody will die unless we have the government operating at full capacity. We're all going to what they tell us this time it's not going to happen this time if we don't pass the federal budget the appropriations bill by the end of this continuing resolution by the middle or beginning of middle of january beginning of february got to remember my dates here with two different separate times here if they don't then we stay open but the federal agencies start seeing massive decreases in funding what is that really a bad thing are we is that a bad thing here are we really upset about that are we really upset that we're going to see a massive decrease in federal funding for different agencies and departments where they actually might have to let people go? They might have to freeze expenses. They might actually have to live under a certain budget. They might have to just consolidate themselves a little bit. Is that really a bad idea for the federal government? They stay open. Oh, yeah, you're staying open, but you're getting a 10% cut. You're getting a 20% cut. So figure out how to address that issue get you back into the private sector and not work in the cushy public sector where everything's taken care of for you with the public unions and then you get to work for the federal government so everything's all awesome and hunky-dory. I'm kind of okay with that. I want us to do things right. And now for the first time, we don't have that lingering fear of them holding that carrot above our head the entire time, giving them everything that they want to. And I would like to reiterate again that that was under a Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, not under a Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, who was not able to come to that type of agreement. He's the one that caved. He's the one that was wishy-washy. He's the one that made some poor decisions and gave Democrats essentially everything they wanted while saying that he was working for the Republican Party and the conservative movement. That was a Kevin McCarthy. This is a Mike Johnson. And it reflects, even in the early polls with just months into Mike Johnson being Speaker of the House, the polls show that he's one of the more popular members of Congress right now out of anybody. That says something. So conservatives that are calling for the ousting of him because he's not doing good enough and he's not conservative enough, be very wary of that. That's not the message that we need to have. And yes, it will destroy us going into an election of 2024. Look at what Democrats are up against right now. Look at what Joe Biden, for example, is up against right now, who refuses to back out of the election. And Democrats are desperate to get him out because he's flailing big time. I've said it before. He has zero platform to run on. Zero. Nothing. Not a zip. He's got nothing. He's not even talking about Bidenomics anymore. He's trying because, oh, look at consumer spending in the fourth quarter. Yeah, while we cap a trillion dollars in consumer debt with credit cards alone. Oh, yeah, that's great. We're spending more, but we're putting it on credit cards because we can't afford it on our regular bills. <laughs> I guess that's a good economy, right? That's more of a spending habit from Americans' consumers, not because the economy is actually doing well and we're making more money. There's a big difference between those, but we're not seeing that in the mainstream media, right? Of course, we're not talking about that in the mainstream media. But look what Democrats are up against. We have Joe Biden that has now hit the lowest approval rating in his entire administration going into the launching of a year of election time at 34%. Some polls show him he's down as even at 27%. Some of the lowest that he's ever seen in his administration. Why is that? 
Well, right now we have crime running rampant. And I talked a little bit about it actually uh, earlier with Armed American Radio. We talked about gun crime. Gun crime is actually on the decrease across the nation. And you would think that the media desperate to find some type of platform that is a success story for the Biden administration going into an election year, that you would find positives in the economy. You would find positive things that just calling Donald Trump a fascist again is not going to be enough. Let's find something positive to say, look at what I've done. Look at what the Democrats have been able to do in spite of Republicans that try to accuse us of X, Y, and Z. You would think the media and the Democrats would run out there and say, well, gun crime is actually on the decrease over the years. But instead, we hear about the mass media of the shootings and the crime rates and how bad it is and all the racial tensions that are probably done by MAGA Republicans that are in the inner cities of Chicago uh, beating up black kids who are going to Subway at midnight, right? <laughs> like, is that is that the story that we're hearing from the mainstream media? Okay. Because that's what they're telling us, that the country's still in shambles while they're trying to find something positive to talk about. You would say, hey, we, we increased the ATF. We increased gun regulations. We increased to try and crack down illegal firearms on the streets. We tried to go after the criminals with guns. We're trying to protect our schools across the nation and look at it's working according to the latest stats. Gun crimes are actually down. But they're not saying that. And they don't want to say that. Why? Because there's more gun purchases than ever before. And they don't want to link the two together to show that more people with firearms and that are trained and that are responsible actually lead to a safer community in your community. But they don't get that. They don't understand that reinventing the wheel over and over and over again is somehow going to come out with something other than a wheel because they don't recognize that when crime rates actually go up in a community, Everybody goes out to get a firearm because they don't want it to happen to them. I never thought it could happen to me. I never thought it could happen with a break-in in my home. I never thought it could happen to my community. We're such a loving community. I never thought it could happen to us. Lower approval ratings for Joe Biden with the demographics. The identity politics finally coming back to bite Joe Biden and the you-know-what. And the Democrat Party as a whole. Remember, when you segregate everybody and put them in certain boxes, they're going to start turning on each other. And now you have the Muslim community that's mad at Joe Biden because he's not standing up for Palestine and eliminating the Israeli state from the river to the uh, from the river to the, to the sea. He's not standing up enough for Hamas, which apparently, in order to support the Muslim population in the United States, according to Ilhan Omar, you need to support Hamas as the government organization for the Palestinians, or else you're uh, spitting on the po- population of the Muslims and the young Muslim generation. And America will not be voting for Joe Biden. You have the Jewish community that says you're not supporting us enough because you're trying to call for a ceasefire and blaming Benjamin Netanyahu for defending his nation and going after and slaughtering all these innocent lives in Palestine. So now you have the Muslims and the Jewish community upset with you. You have the eco-enviro nuts that are upset with you because oil production is at an all-time high right now in the United States, while Joe Biden claims to be one of the more green presidents that they don't see him being as green anymore. So now you're losing the Enviro nuts. You've lost the radical left progressives because you're trying to say that we need to allow the private market to kind of solve its own issues. Recognize he that doesn't do that, but he talks about that and manufacturing. So now you have them upset with you. You're upsetting every one of your base, which is why you have record low approval ratings. And yet their only argument is Donald Trump's a fascist. Is that really going to win? Republicans, we can do way better. Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier.
fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed. Welcome back into the program. I asked the simple question, how badly do Republicans want the election in 2024? I know it's a simple question, but at the same time, it seems to be a race to the bottom as we continue to infight. Mike Johnson's not getting it done right away. Why doesn't he have the entire deck completely wiped out in the first month while he's in office? What the hell's wrong with that guy? We need to oust him and get him out. We just extended another continuing resolution. How dare you? While the Democrats right now, we have the Jewish community upset with Joe Biden for not supporting Israel enough. We have the Muslim community upset with him for not wiping out Israel and going from the river to the sea. We have the black community that's usually in the back pocket of the Democrats because crime rates are so high that they're finally saying, I can't deal anymore to the point where Donald Trump apparently... And I heard this again over the weekend with our great Brian Kilmeade event here in the Wichita area with our friends at KQAM, my flagship station where I broadcast out of every day, uh, where he had mentioned that Donald Trump right now is planning inner city rallies in Chicago, New York, and other places. Why? Because we're finally, finally, after all these years, why we haven't done it before, beginning to reach out to those communities. And because they're upset with the status quo. When crime rates and shootings are happening and gang shootings are happening in your community every single night, you tend to finally get upset with that and think, well, maybe I should do something different. You can only keep people bickering against each other long enough before you finally say something has to change. And the Democrats are starting to lose that one. With the largest demographic in those purchasing firearms and going into self-defense are blacks and black women, especially. You have the Hispanic votes that are upset with you. The Cubans are completely upset after coming here and seeing what's going on with illegal immigration. The Mexican community, from what I hear, is extremely upset because right now the cartels are coming in and bleeding in from the open border policy, which is exactly what they tried to get away from in Mexico, which is all Democrat policies, allowing this cartel mindset to come in and flood their way into where now half of these cities down in lower Texas are all run by the cartels as well, just working their way up. Fentanyl's at the all-time high. Illegal firearms coming in at an all-time high. Human trafficking, still a mass issue right now. We're not addressing anything. Every little box that the progressives have created for themselves that they supposedly control because they're victims and we're gonna we're gonna be with you and we're gonna hold your hand, they're all turning on the Democrats. And we have a prime opportunity to win all of them. I'm talking win all of them and be able to do something big in local elections for congressional seats in the presidential race in 2024, but will Republicans actually do it? We have a Republican Party in Ohio that's bickering based on drama between two candidates in the 9th Congressional District. We talked about it over the weekend on our syndicated show. We have, right now, state Republican parties that are bankrupt because they're too busy infighting and trying to overhaul the entire process as opposed to focusing on elections right now. We are in shambles, and we wonder why there are so many frustrated Republicans across the nation. And all we do right now is beat each other up in the presidential polls when we're recognizing we're coming to the realization at the point of no return. I'm not sure when that is, but it's got to be relatively soon. The point of no return of the fact that Donald Trump is dominating in the presidential primaries right now in Iowa and New Hampshire and other places. According to the latest polls from CBS News, they show that Donald Trump is up 44 percent if the presidential primaries were held in New Hampshire today. But the headline is Nikki Haley's on the tail. Nikki Haley's coming up. Nikki Haley's on the way up right now. She is at 29% to Donald Trump's 44. (laughs) Now, that's what, 15 points away? Okay, you're 15 points away. That's the first time that you've ever gotten this close to Donald Trump in the polls. He's still 15 points up, and we're just weeks away from the presidential primary in Iowa and the caucus and in New Hampshire. By the way, Ron DeSantis continues to slip down at 11%, Chris Christie at 10%, Ramaswamy at 5%, and Hutchinson, which I didn't even know was still there, at 1% right now in Iowa. 
It's 58% Donald Trump, almost 60% of the Republican Party. 22% DeSantis, 13% Haley, 4% Ramaswamy, 3% Christie, and 1% Hutchinson there. New Hampshire likely voters, GOP primary voters, show that 54% they describe they are prepared to vote for Donald Trump with 53% at Nikki Haley. That's one's a little bit closer. But out of these polls, it's got to be shown that right now there's still no runaway candidate coming to challenge Donald Trump in these races. And Donald Trump was just in New Hampshire bringing in massive amounts of people with his ongoing ridiculous rallies all over the country and right now focused primarily on Iowa and New Hampshire. At what point are we going to stop beating ourselves up and having Nikki Haley, who has changed her tone quite a bit, of Donald Trump was right for then, not right for now, as opposed to Donald Trump's evil and horrible, and I can't believe I ever worked for that guy, and we need something different. She changed her tone, and all of a sudden, ah, look at that, she's gaining traction. you got to play nice, because the Republican Party still looks for Donald Trump to be that leader. Whether that's good or bad, I'm not saying that's the right way or wrong way. I'm saying I'm just observing right now from that 30,000-foot view. And the Republican Party's got to find a way to stop bickering and fighting against each other and focus on the real target, which is winning the House, winning the Senate, and winning the presidency, which we can do very easily if we just get out of our own way and let Democrats self-sabotage, which they're on the trajectory to do. But we have a long history of not doing that for ourselves. That is the for us today. Back at it again tomorrow. Until then, be your own voice of reason. This is The Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio.